listening to 9to5.cc podcast. It's 90s273. If you are a fan of 90s and you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and you can subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level where you will get an access to Garbage Time, which is our bonus episode that we publish each and every Friday following 90s. Um, we On this episode of Garbage Time, we talk about work costumes the netflix documentary series high score and scott's love of age of ultron but on this the main episode the episode you're listening to right now we talk about pierogies dvds versus streaming scott doesn't want matt damon's money we talk a little bit about the film barbarian we talk about how elon musk bought twitter how zuckerberg lost some money how Kanye west lost some money uh slumber party massacre uh the 101 best moments of horror cinema streaming on shutter and we also give scott the best movie ever that he has to watch all this and more. 90s. Starting over, we can, or is this going to get added at the end? I know we have to start over. We got we got nothing from Scott last time, so nothing, last nothing time. from right. Scott. So. Well, make sure you're going to fry those pierogies in a pan, kids. After you yeah. boil them, you fry them up. If you have the time, a little bit of garlic and butter in in the, the fry, but uh, that's not necessary. Some little chopped chopped green onions, too. Yeah. Hot sauce. I like Always hot sauce. Blockbuster? Hot sauce is we for later. In, how did we get to Blockbuster? Man, okay, I really so wanted ha- to make a point about DVDs being replaced by something much worse. Okay, so yeah. what I was talking about was Matt Damon was on Hot yeah. Ones okay. <laughs> at a certain point. Hot Keep Ones up, show. Listener. Which is actually, I, I need to give a quick shout out to Hot Ones for the fact that, like, they end up kind of having, like, pretty interesting interviews while, yeah. <laughs> while the guest is dying and sweating and just, like, having a horrible time as they ingest hotter and hotter sauces. It's, and importantly, a, an opportunity to humiliate DJ Khalid. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the, the funniest yeah. The, the, yeah, the people who suck out is, is the worst. Anyway, so uh, Matt Damon was on Hot Ones, and he was talking about the distribution model of an independent film. And he was saying, okay, I do an independent film. I think it was he was talking about, like, Golden Candelabra or something. Uh, Matt Damon, big supporter of independent film, Goodwill Hunting, all that stuff. Um, and he was like, okay, so he's like, the production's going to cost $25 million. And he's like, and then when you release an independent film, you still need to kind of, like, do a pretty good deal of marketing because you're, you're, you're vying for eyes in the cinema up against monster marketing machines like your MCUs, your DC stuff, your Marvel, right. Star Wars, all that stuff. He's like, you're, you're in the same cinema. You know you're going to get only a smaller percentage of the market share, but like you're still get, need to get that small percentage to make any kind of money. And he's like, so he's like, for this movie, he's like, they were saying, you're, you're looking at about a $25 million uh, marketing budget. So he's like, so now that's... 25 million production, 25 million marketing. That's been put up by like him and the studio, whatever. But like 50 million dollars to get this movie to cinema. And he's like, they also at make at best about 50 percent of every you know dollar made at the movie theater. At like, and that's like an at best kind of scenario. So he's like, but I'm so I'm looking at the fact that this little indie movie that I released that I thought I was making on the cheap air quotes cheap for 25 million dollars has to make 100 million at box office before the people that actually invested in it start like turning like a real profit. That's crazy. So, and he was saying that back in the day in the 90s, videos like VHS and DVD and stuff, like the video release would be almost almost as much money as like a second box office release. 
So he was like, I could make fifty million in theaters, and then I could make another fifty million on DVD, and then we broke even there. And it wasn't just an immediate failure. But he was saying they get such a smaller amount of money, at least filmmakers do, and investors and whatever make such a smaller amount of money from streaming services that he's like, that's nearly non-existent. Especially considering these aren't like these little indie flicks are not going to be the stuff that like pulls you to one streaming service over another. You're going to subscribe to Disney Plus. Because it has all the Star Wars, all the MCU, all the everything, not because it has a quirky little, little like indie romantic story on the side, right? So he's like, they're not a draw, so they can't command a ton of pull from the streaming services. So he's like, yeah, he's like, it's just harder and harder to make these like small little uh, comedy movies or romantic movies or, or indie films. So it's a huge yeah. bummer. Unless you go the Kevin Smith route, I guess, which is just right. Itself. I'd say he was in Dogma. He knows that independent movies can be. Yeah, and so I mean, Kevin, Kevin, and, Kevin, uh, and to be fair, like up Clerks, but also, but how like many, Kevin how Smith, many movies like Clerks are on Netflix? A gazillion. But I'm saying, but Kevin well, Smith they're all also, on Prime, but <laughs> yeah, but Kevin Smith has also like rejected the traditional distribution model, right? Like he tours his right. movies and sells tickets for a Q and A, and no, 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 and like, and that's how he's making his money that way because he 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 came to a d- different conclusion. I think he also sitting on probably. A lot more time on his hands than Matt Damon is, <laughs> being being Kevin Smith. Like, but he came to a similar conclusion that he was like the standard standard release funk like format for an indie comedy. It was he was like it didn't ever make money for him almost. Like he was like right. at best people were kind of breaking even. And then, especially with Kevin Smith, he talked he talked about like strong DVD. He was like everybody like like Clerks had how many lives extra lives because of video and DVD release, right? Like. Mm-hmm. How much more money did and and Mallrats? Mallrats did nothing in the world. It was in and out in like two weeks or something. It was a legendary. It was in and out for a weekend. Yeah, Yeah. I won tickets to the premiere. I saw it on Friday. It was in theaters on Saturday, and you couldn't go see it on Monday. Mm -hmm. That's unreal. But like, I think almost everyone I know owns that movie on DVD or VHS. (laughs) Like, you know, like. Mm So yeah, so I, I get I get what he's saying, but what you're saying is that DVDs fuck were DVD. shitty, Scott. Yeah, fuck DVD. They had something good and they ruined it on I, purpose. I, they specifically made their product less desirable to the public. See, by I disagree. Throwing in unskippable ads at the start of the play. Okay, you put unskippable the disc in ads, and it though. would just play unskippable ads every time and very often, telling you not to be a thief about the thing that you just purchased. Okay, I will not argue with you that that is shitty, but pros and cons. Imagine if every DVD. time you started your car, you had to listen to three minutes of ads of Nissan. You had to drink you... a verification can of diet, <laughs> diet Sprite. But at the absolute con of DVD you're describing, but like a pro that we've never really gotten back to. I think the only streaming service that comes close is HBO. But like pro DVDs, very often were the home of like. Audio commentary, featurettes, making of things, deleted scenes, all that stuff. You got that out of a DVD. And you also had a mm-hmm. physical thing that would be like, your the your DVD shelf is never like, man, you better watch this movie because it's gone next month. But you it just disappears oh, 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 a DVD. Like, from like films are on streaming services where you yeah. can even buy it. You pay to own it on Amazon and then it just disappears because Amazon loses the rights to it anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's fucking horse shit. DVDs, yes, you're right that they suck because of the ads at the start, but they, it's what sucks way worse is what we have right now. But yeah, I, and, yeah, I, but and honestly, I never... There's a reason that DVD sales stopped. There's a reason that DVD sales stopped. 
it is certainly more convenient to get streaming, but yeah. like this is going to bite everybody in the ass in 10 years or 15 years when it's impossible to find any movie except like the one streaming service that's on at that point. And, uh, and, and all of the problems that Keith is talking about, it all feeds right into that. Like the, the streaming services are leeching all of the money out of the system and the, the distribution channel for tiny indie movies is vanishing. Yeah, and then, like I said, it's you're also I mean, you're, whatever. It's just, it's just the market music size, and music. Dude. We did that with music, and the opposite thing happened with music. Right, music was mean? all like, if you're not U two and you're not REM and you're not Coldplay, then you're not getting any record sales. And then all the mu- music streaming hit, and now there's more independent music. Yeah, but that that is there. that is not a not a fair comparison. Like you and I, the three of us, could literally rent instruments and studio time to record an album on our like regular normal person budget and then we can release it yeah with wide open like distribution Mm -hmm. get it all over there and upload it you can't make a movie for like a hundred bucks or a couple or like like i said a professionally produced studio like record you could do on the cheap for like a few thousand bucks like I, the bcasts have done it the bcasts have done it for less than a thousand dollars and they've released their album you know what kind of movie you can make for $1,000? Jack shit. You can make a shitty movie for $1,000. Well, hold on. What about Primer? What about... Um, they were Clerks. way more than $1,000. Like, it was $5,000. Like, yeah, exactly. That, that's like that's still... And that's $5,000, like, 1990s dollars. Like, even, like, Clerks, right, was, what, ten grand? Ten dollars yep. 1990s $1,000? Like, that still ends up being, like, forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to make, like... Yeah, but that's, the that's lim- a big like, difference. Forty dollars to $50,000 is not... Fifty million. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But guess what? That movie you're making isn't extra, isn't SAG, isn't like all those things. You don't have any of the unions on it. No, no one can like. As soon as you get a a loud to make a movie movie, your budget goes up, and that's. I'm just saying, don't spend fifty million dollars on a movie if you can't make fifty million dollars. Million dollars? Yeah, but you don't know that yeah. because uh, you didn't put Spider Man in your movie. So congratulations, you're not going to get a hundred. Well, I mean, it sounds like Matt Damon knows that. It sounds like he he went crazy and spent fifty million dollars on a movie that didn't have an audience, that didn't have a way to get a secondary income to it. Just don't. Do okay, it. so so in your opinion, making movies should just be about making money. So that's how art should work. No, absolutely not. Okay, well then they have to. That's just not lose what I'm saying money. at all. You're you're putting words into my mouth. No, I'm, I'm saying, just saying if Matt gonna Damon is going to complain that he can't make his money back on after spending fifty million dollars. Maybe he shouldn't have spent $50 million. I think you're simplifying how, how any of this works, though. Where you're automatically, you're automatically playing ball with a very small number of people who can even put your movie anywhere, right? And they, regardless of how you're trying to make it, are going to always finance. Like, and, and ultimately, that's what he said. He's like, you're just going to end up with studios. Because it's not necessarily Matt Damon's money, right? Like he's saying, like, raising the money. Studios are only going to finance, like as patrons, are only going to finance safe safe bets. So it's like the system is designed to make mm-hmm. safe bets happen. So yeah, absolutely. God, don't, oh my God. Don't, ma- don't, make an, don't make an interesting movie because no one will watch it because no one will finance it. Don't ever try to make an interesting movie. This is and a like, guy we know that. How many, how many Bourne movies did he make? Five? And now he's complaining about the system? Fuck off. Yeah, that, those oh, movies. Fuck yourself. 
Well, like literally, that's that's the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon model, though, is to take the big budget movies and then make indie movies like with the money that they make from their big budget movies. That's what those guys do. Yeah, but you don't get to rage against the machine when you're cyborg. I don't know. I I think that's completely false. Like if you're if you're going to like play in the machine, take that money and then turn it into like Project Greenlight and all that stuff. I'm like, you're absolutely the poster boy for what you should do with your exorbitant Hollywood paychecks, which is to pull it back into the reason you like movies in the first place, which is probably which not Which is Jason not Bourne. what he's doing on Hot Ones. On Hot Ones, he's saying the system that I'm a huge part of is very broken. Well, no, because he's watched it break, right? He's seen this happen in the last 20 years where he was like, this is how I did Goodwill Hunting. This is how we did whatever. This is how we did all the Project Greenlight stuff. And that process is getting harder and harder and harder and harder as opposed to easier and easier. He's like, it was much, much, much easier and more viable to make these independent films that they were making 20 years ago than it is now with like the streaming giants. Because he, he did it, right? He did it, so, and he's so what is he actually mad time. at? He's mad at people not buying DVDs anymore. I think he's just mad at the fact that there's no profitable way to make an indie film right now. Like that's that's a bummer. And mm. I think and I think that he's uniquely situated to kind of have having been a like a huge, huge, huge producer and supporter of independent cinema with Project Greenlight for like two decades. I think he's probably earned the right to be like, hey, it worked one way. Well, and it's gotten shittier and shittier to do that. How many how many independent movies release weekends did he crush with his big budget Hollywood part of the system? I get it, but those weekends. movies are, you're, you're saying that he shouldn't make those movies, so he shouldn't make money, so he shouldn't be able to like free up the money no, for all the saying, Project Greenlight stuff. He, Scott's just pointing out a little bit of hypocrisy from a guy who benefits enormously from the system, complaining about the system. He, he's right. He's, he can be all of those things you're saying, Keith. But he is also being a little hypocritical when he wants to rage against the machine. Just I just guess so. But I, I mean, a, but at, at the same time, like I'm just saying, like first of all, if you're going to be a Matt Damon, right, you don't have to sit there and support independent cinema as much as this guy does. Like like through his production stuff, they produce a shit ton of things and so like they're they're taking their own connections their own names their own success and pouring it back into movies like you know who doesn't do that vin diesel so like vin diesel could be born so like it's not like born isn't going to exist if matt damon turns down born so like why not take that i don't think that's true at all i think vin diesel poured all of his money into the near the pitch dark uh whatever series like didn't he self the last one of those was like 20 years ago yep and the last one there was there was one ten years ago that he self-financed the whole thing. It had a big uh, like CG dog in it that was like his co-star. <laughs> and he did the Last Witchfinder, which was another crazy action movie that he just paid for. Yeah, I don't know that you can basically pick on his... Vin Diesel. <laughs> he, so he did two movies versus. Hang on, Matt Damon as no, producer. Four movies. There's three of those pitch black movies. Yeah, I think he only production. took it over after the, the third one. Matt Damon has been a producer on 26 films. Anyway. So he's done this 26 times, and now he's like, ugh, Netflix is hard. I don't think he's Maybe saying he's Netflix is producer. hard. I, I don't think that's... I mean, I don't think you can argue, dude. Like, the movie, like go, to the, go to the Cineplex, sir, and find independent movies sitting on screens. They're not there. Like, it, it like just, it's, there are... Neither am I, Keith. I'm not at the Cineplex either. Congra- oh, so wait a second. Oh, I forgot. We, we should be going after the, the... Definitely should be trying to lure in dudes who don't go to the movie theaters anymore. Yeah. 
and mean, and like and we know that fact, repertory, is houses, repertory houses are closing down all over Canada and the United States because people aren't coming into like into art cinema anymore. All like, of this stuff and all of what Matt Damon is 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 describing problems with is the traditional cinema canon route, right? Mm-hmm. But there are other YouTubes or other video places where people consume content that might he might not be recognizing and where that indie energy could have gone. Because there's sure. a shitload of video being made that is not cinema. Oh, hundred percent. But I mean, but you, you just you said YouTube, and that that as we as we discussed, I don't not on this episode, or did we did we talk about it on the show? Uh, like summoning know. salt, where because there was thirty seconds of swearing in his thing, he lost. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there, because YouTube was just a lot like, of nah. shit to it, I'm, and there, it's dominated by a monopolist company. It's, it's, also, so yeah. it's very bad, very bad. I get it, but but that, if you're looking for where like indie cinema energy is getting fueled into, it's kind of going there. I think so. I, I would I would agree with that, but at the same time, all of those like it's yeah, it's like Matt Damon going after Mr. Beast or Dude Perfect and saying, "Ugh, you get how come these guys are making so much money and I can't do a Golden Candelabra without my DVD sales?" Like those guys make hundreds of millions of dollars every year mm-hmm. themselves independently. That's that's okay. So just just so you know, I like Mr. Beast and I like Dude Perfect, but like if you were like, hey. Can you get rid of every Mr. Beast and Dude Perfect video in a, or get rid of Goodwill Hunting? I would get rid of every Dude Perfect and Mr. Beast video because they're dumb little, like, <laughs> and Goodwill Hunting's a good movie. <laughs> like, that good film that they made is Art. infinitely more, like, like substantial than Mr. Beast being like, hey, if you can run up this giant candy, you'll get to own a candy factory. <laughs> Mr. Beast yeah, never that's got not what people are watching. Hmm? That's not what people are watching, though. It doesn't matter. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. Is like I mean, you're, no, you're that, talking. That's you're it right comparing there. like that's fluff right for like 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 fluff on TikTok to like cinema. Like just because people watch it oh, does not mean God. it's cinema. Every Vice documentary, then, those would never get released in the '90s. Those would those would disappear. But literally got released because of their success as a publication in the '90s. <laughs> They built that audience up as a publication, and then we're like, now we can release movies. So they built an audience up independently of the major studios. I think that's my point. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I uh, I guess here, listen up. Without any Hollywood stars, suck it up. You're not trying hard enough. Be more like Dude Perfect, I guess. Yeah, it sounds a lot like he's a taxi driver being like, "Oh, Uber, complain. I don't understand why people don't want to still get into my old." You know, 1980 Corolla that smells like a cigar butt. And they don't have an app. <laughs> and right? they don't have I don't app. know when they're showing up, and I don't know where they're taking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, did uh, we have a point to conclude about any of that? Uh, I guess I Mr. Mean, Beast like, sucks, and... I don't know. He like if you if you don't know how people are watching movies, and you're sad that they're not watching them the way they did 30 years ago... Then maybe you shouldn't be spending all of that money. That's it. Uh, People are just... spending money and time on movies all the time. Yeah, but they're just not spending it in the way that they used to, and he hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah, but I don't think anybody has. Like, like, like you you're, you're talking about like Martin Scorsese can't get funding for a film. Like, what the hell is that? The like, old man yells at Netflix crowd. just gave him the money to make him. Yeah, exactly. But but I'm just saying. But that was after every other studio like turned down the Irishman, which is insane. So like, what chance mm-hmm. does like 
other movie guy have like major studios turn down the Irishman left, right, and center. And you're like, hey, but yeah, fuck Scorsese. I want to see more primers. You know, sure, but I'm just saying those those are also not like not coming in fast and loose, and like it's it's. Aren't you guys subscribed to Shutter? Don't don't they have new movies there? They don't have any new movies there. Did you know that so many of them are are just produced by Bloomhouse, and it's probably going to be like Bloomhouse who owns horror in the next like ten years. So if if Bloomhouse passes on you, well, good luck. You're screwed. I don't know. I don't see many of them starring Matt Damon <laughs> or other Hollywood big time stars. Like someone is making those movies and and is not. I mean, like, but like I literally I went to, I went to, to, I went to, to theaters to see Barbarian, which is like an an air quotes indie horror film. Incidentally, it's on Disney Plus. It just came out, so you could yeah. watch Barbarian. Uh, and it still has uh, what's his name in it? The the kid, the guy there who played Pennywise, one of the Skarsgård kids. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, Skellen? Yeah. No. No, Peter? I don't know. David? Alex? Anyway, <laughs> one of the Skarsgård kids, not the one who played Eric Northman, the one who played Pennywise the Clown, uh, it had Justin Long in it. It had, like, whatever. Like, it still has recognizable people. And this is a, air quotes, independent horror film made on the cheap. And you're like, okay. Like, hmm. I, again, like I said, it, it's real good. Barbarian is, like, a very, very good film. Would recommend... Ten ways ten out of ten. It was, but it still needed a budget of four point five million dollars to get made, <laughs> and guaranteed that uh, Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long were taking scale to be in this film to like make it happen because they liked the movie and whatever. Like, what was straight horror movie? Huh? The Barbarian. Uh, there's elements of comedy in it. Uh, but like, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much a straight horror. But like, it's interesting in that it like continually continually builds on itself. Like, it, it's you're just like you're like I really, really, really don't want to get into spoilers because you really should watch it because it's like it is a film that has like like I'm saying ten, but, but like probably actually like ten twists slash reveals that make sense. You're, you're, you're just sort of like, well, what now? And the movie's like, this now. And it's not just like, it's not like M. Night Shyamalan style stuff that, that's so, happening. So that movie made $43 million at the box office. Yeah. So, profitable, independent movie made. Yeah, yeah and guess what? It took without, $4 million dollars to get it made. I mean, yeah, movies are expensive, but like... I'm, I'm not going to cry for Matt Damon that he's saying it's hard to make movies for $50 million. $50 million is still a, like, an, a low... Incidentally, uh, Zach Kreger wrote and directed Barbarian, John. Zach Kreger? Who is one of the whitest kids you know. Oh, snap. Now you have to see it. Oh, I have to see it. <laughs> but yeah, but also, but then at the same time... That that guy, guarantee you had some Hollywood hookups and whatever because like whitest kids you know was a thing. For like sure. he 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 followed exactly the route that Scott is describing. I'm just saying that is not a an easy route. I don't think which is to like. It's not impossible, but like I don't think I don't think you can do Kevin Smith anymore. Like I don't think like that could happen. I think it's very very difficult. Anyway, mm-hmm. watch Barbarian. Great. Watch Barbarian. 
Don't put your okay. stock in DVD. Don't put your stock. It is, in DVD. It is going down. Don't. don't I'm, go, don't I'm going your... back to DVDs. I'm not like like I want to buy Adventure Time so that I know I'm going to have it in in good looking form for when Hobbs is ready for it. And mm-hmm. I'm buying it honestly now on DVD because it. I know that it'll still be around in ten years when Hobbs wants to go through it, and I. And I it, like Blu-ray has levels of encryption that eventually you can have things taken away. Mm-hmm. I just I don't want to deal with that in Blu-ray. At least DVDs I know they're going to be accessible. And uh, yeah, you can put it in a Blu-ray and say you're not up to date or something or whatever, and the player would just like reject yep. it. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Anyway. All that to say, uh, independent films are, I don't know, replaced by TikTok? Is that Scott's closing argument? No, independent films are still being made. They're just not being made the same way Matt Damon wants to make them. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, this I Don't think take his advice a... on how to do it. It doesn't work in 2022. <laughs> okay, so this might be a bad time for me to bring this up. But Matt Damon DM'd me and was thinking about investing in 90S. But now... He was Let's like, do an indie movie. <laughs> no, no. I want to be a bad guy in Born. I'll throw him against the wall. It sounds fun. Sorry, Matt Damon. Scott thinks you don't know how to do business, and you're wrong. No, he does know how to do business. 90S the movie is never going to get released. No, I'll be in The Martian 2. I want to be in a big budget picture. He doesn't know how to do independent stuff. <laughs> I'm here for the big stuff. Ah. Uh. Anyway, uh, yeah, Barbarian. Go watch Barbarian. It's real good. So Elon bought Twitter. Yep, that he brought a sink. He, he brought he a sink in head offices so that he could have a let me sink that in. He also then apparently asked coders to print up like 30 to 60 pages of their code and then was like, wait, yeah. that's, that's a pretty big security risk to shred that. Show me the code Did- instead. Did you read the article that I linked? It was like a really long article of the guy saying, like, well, you did it, Elon, you bought it, and now you're fucked. Did, did I, I you read a it? little bit of that. I also I also read the, the Verge article with all the different reports of, like, the weirdness that's coming out and just, like, how he's f- going to be, if like, firing managers left, right, and centers because if the manager doesn't know how to code, he can't manage people. And I was like, I don't think that's right. Uh, yeah, maybe. Like, Twitter, Twitter is, however, notorious in the, like, web 3.0 world for for like not making huge amounts of money and actually being in the right place the right time and still having its like core user base yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but so i i don't for a second believe that a manager can't lead a team of coders like without knowing necessarily how to be a top level like a code engineer himself like that's i i I really doubt that's actually what's happening i think what what's gonna no he says that that's that's a that's a direct like that's an elon musk quote which was he was like that would be like uh someone leading a cavalry the the elon musk quote is like that would be someone who's leading leading the cavalry who can't ride a horse he's like that it never happens in my organization and it's something that i'm gonna flush out of twitter and i was like what (laughs) <laughs> well, anyway, the article that I posted made this huge thesis. I wish I remembered what the title of it was in case anybody wanted to look it up. But it's um, it says that, like, the main problems that face Twitter are not technological, that they're political and, mm-hmm. or, or, like, dealing with people. And Elon's successes in all of the things that he's done have always been kind of technologic. And, like, that's where he's that's where he's kind of at his strongest. And him going through and asking for everybody's code is kind of like a sign that he expects the problem to be the code, code? the problem yeah. is not the code you know like twitter's fucking basic ass software the problem is the 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 
army of bots and people manipulating it and everybody like you know testing and and just doing everything they can to piss everybody else off trolling mhm mhm so what you, so but do you, do you do you think though uh, I asked you, and I didn't get like a fully straight answer in the email thread. No, like, I don't think there is a straight answer. I think, well, like, like, like do you, do you think it's like net positive or net negative that Elon Musk, of all people, bought Twitter? Probably net positive, only because the like alternative, which was the state that Twitter was in before, was um, stagnation. You know. Like there, there were people there in the hierarchy who were just there to to like siphon funds out of the organization. Could it continue doing its Twitter bullshit for the next ten years? Probably, and still survive. But you know, Elon might crash and burn. Everybody will get off of Twitter, and that's that'll that's fine. A fine outcome to this as well. He might even fix it. I, I saw someone on Reddit who made a point that made me put in check my dislike for the man mm-hmm. in this in this new story. It was like, he has done three fairly major advances in society, in companies that he has run, in terms of access to information, green energy in terms of transport, and reinvigorating space travel and space work in a way that not no one else has and while he can be as big a jackass as any other billionaire out there you know google and tesla and spacex are all pretty important things that have happened in in our lifetimes you you said google he was paypal PayPal. PayPal. Yeah, selling stuff up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also, I mean, you don't know. The list list of billionaires that you would want to do this crazy thing, right? I mean, zero. Zero of them. Any of the sheiks from from the Middle East, like crazy autocrat from the East, Virgin. Yeah. Branson. Branson. Like. hmm? I would take Musk over any of those guys. You know, like California has announced that they won't allow gasoline-powered vehicles after 2035. Mm -hmm. You think that happens without Elon Musk? I don't think so. I don't think so either. (laughs) What's super funny, though, is that by then Tesla will be bankrupt. Fine. I mean, fine. I know, I know, but it's just like... But that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't know if he's, like, run a company smart. Like, I think he's absolutely, like, innovation tech guy smart. Like, but mm-hmm. te- like Tesla will not. I mean, it's they they already announced like the first wave of layoffs and whatever. They're like they are the the Tesla product. I agree, became the poster child for green electric vehicles. Super great and probably pushed the ele- like the electric vehicle agenda very fast because it became like a commodity, something that people wanted, like desired for, and like I want a Tesla. I drive a Tesla. But then as soon as he like gets into a lot of the weeds. Tesla's product is a little sketch, as, like, people are now finding out, like, in terms of, like, how long they can last, can they handle winters. You're in a parking garage, and your thing is, the car is locked out, and that becomes, like, a two or three, two or three day ordeal with tech support. If you listen to, uh, what was his name? Glenn Howerton. <laughs> Glenn Howerton just talked about that on his podcast. He was like, I was a Tesla guy. He's like, I've had, like, two or three of them, 
and he's like literally dealing with customer service, like customer service tech support to get my car out of a parking garage because my fob is like on the fritz. He's like, that's an insane thing that is happening. And he's like, it took me three days before I could get my car out of the parking garage. And he's like, I couldn't even tow it because apparently on the security features, they like, they lock up the tires. He's like, they would have just ripped the car apart if they tried to tow it. He was like, I was like, this is a great, a great situation. What's, like, what's, you... what, I don't get what the point is. What, anyway, what the point is, is, I'm just saying this, like, like, there's, there's issues with the product, Tesla. And then he's also going to enlarge, people have said, now that electric vehicles are going to become the standard, he's going to get stomped by big American automotive and Japanese automotive and whatever. He's not going to be able to ramp up that production. So unless they kind of like change the model and keep it as and, a... And in the meantime, all he did was greenify the automotive sure. industry. Sure. And, it, and, that's, right. and that's, that's yeah. my argument, though, is good tech guy, is he good businessman? <laughs> like, yeah, but like absolutely, like using his investments for very, very cool stuff. It's like, like I said, SpaceX, uh, Starlink, Tesla, even the, the boring company, if he ever makes, you know, tunnels and stuff. Neat stuff. Is he a business guy who actually runs good businesses but i don't care if he makes a lot of money on twitter but if he what else is there to do an advance if he changes it and makes it an advance that ultimately is more useful is makes chatting with strangers not suck yeah that's fine that would be pretty cool log into twitter and it's just welcome to mirc everybody i mean it's back baby but but this is a problem that (laughs) Even Twitter didn't know how to fix. Nope. So why not let someone else take a crack at it? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. I do I like them? Would I want to hang out with them? Probably not. Like, would I want and to I be think... like stuck in an elevator with them? No. <laughs> but like referencing like John's like Verge article where he was like, yeah, like the problems that face Twitter are political. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Elon Musk is the guy to like navigate that landscape to make that. that that's why good. it's so fascinating. Like, if there's anybody who, or anybody who could be like the avatar for technologic solutions, right? We could say that that could be Musk. So we have the avatar for technology running into a problem that most people would easily say is not a technology problem, right? Can technology solve love? You know, I I don't I don't think so. But if anybody was going to take a good old crack at it, you'd want the best technologist possible. Maybe that's Musk. Maybe he's here trying to figure out a, a solution to communication between hard, hard-winged, right-wing, bigoted idiots and left-wing Looney Tunes, whatever. That that could with be with a bunch of robots in the middle, right? With, <laughs> and and like North Korean hackers trying to scam people out of money. You know, like it's crazy the the landscape that he's stepping into. I, I want to see what he comes up with. Yeah, fucking Matt Damon all over it, saying, "Come see my Candelabra movie." <laughs> Just in the middle. This is great, great, yeah. great, great. We're talking about billionaires. Oh, so I was going to say that if Matt Damon isn't going to buy our podcast, we will accept Elon Musk to buy our podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be good too. Yeah, we, we could be the Tesla advertising department. Sure. I hear their their budget is free. So another billionaire has had a rough go in the last uh, week. I think cool. the number is now eight eight hundred, although it might actually be seven hundred billion dollars, which is the value of Facebook, which has diminished since the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventy uh, percent of its total value has has vanished, vaporized in uh, I guess like a perfect storm of everything getting fucked up at Facebook. Facebook yep. is like the worst. I hate Facebook. 
Like uh-huh. it, it, it's just like, and I feel that, like it, it's their when you're when you're talking like their their core problem is like also their core money maker, right? Which is your their 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 money is made from the ads, but I'm like the, the algorithms and stuff have just like spun into oblivion, and now there's way more ads than stuff of people that I want to see, and way more whatever, and I was like. You've like you've you've damaged the value of your social networking to such a degree that the like you've wrecked your own platform trying to advertise to me. Well, like you, that that is true in the one sense. On the other sense, they've migrated their platform into other places. Like in the same way, you know, MySpace was going to die eventually. They could have yeah. acquired other businesses to kind of like. Well, they did. Keep they acquired Instagram and Vine via and whatever and, and all and, that stuff. Uh, not Telegram. Is it Telegram the their instant chat one? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they, I think it was. Yeah, they acquired Telegram and now it's Messenger. What's up? What's WhatsApp? 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they have spun off. They're also like they're they're right at the forefront of VR. Like, well, that that's the thing. This is like the gamble on Meta that in the last year or yeah, in the last year or so, like everybody's turned against his VR stuff and and like Google has a platform, right? They have mm-hmm. Android. Um, Apple has a platform. Microsoft has a platform, and in those platform spaces, all of those companies can generate enormous amounts of money. Facebook is like unique among the giants that they're trapped using other people's platforms. Yeah. So the the gamble on VR then becomes, well, we're going to make the VR space, and then we're going to become the platform, and then we're going to monopolize it in the way yeah. that our competitors are doing now. And I mean, but like I said, that uh, they're probably like, they might lose all their money in it, but if VR is going to take off. Like it's not going to be, I think, anytime immediately soon, uh, until like the the tech and stuff, and like an Oculus was like at the forefront of like wireless stuff, this and that, like all of the like yep. the <laughs> all of the things where you're like, man, this kind of sucks. Like Oculus is really at the point now where it's like put a helmet on, hold the things, and you're playing a game. You know, like yep. like I think they're most of them are all one cord, and now some of is them it are Facebook, going cordless. Facebook own Oculus. Yeah, 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 exactly. That that's what I'm saying. Like it's like a- Andrew's like big into VR, and he's like it's. At this point in the tech, it's like Oculus or bust. And he's like, I can't wait till anybody catches up so I don't have to have a Facebook account to have, like, the best VR experience. But he's like, it's head and shoulders above all the other VR solutions right now. So, like I said, if VR does take off, then they'll see they're winning, I think. But, I mean, I think they know Facebook is not a thing anymore. Like... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, they the the they collect the data on you wherever you go online, because yeah. unless you have JavaScript turned off, all those Facebook likes are tracking you everywhere you go. So, it, like, I'm sure they have less data to work with in, with you not interacting with the platform, but their spy ad network is still uh, tracking you everywhere you go. Yeah, but I mean, but so so is so is Google's and Apple's and Amazon's and everything. Like, like how. They're not even the like the kings of data brokerage anymore, right? Like, nope. I I think the problem is way more simple than that. Hmm. I I think Mark Zuckerberg is very confused as to who he is and how he's perceived, and Meta, as a as a product, being pitched by the same guy who went through congressional hearings, and sputtered <laughs> and stuttered and seemed confused. And then he walked out on stage like he was freaking Tony Stark to be like, look at this new 
awkward technology that I'm going to awkwardly present with my awkward personality made a lot of people just be like, that sucks. Right away, without looking at it or thinking about it or, or, or tasting it or taking it for a test drive, they were just like, you're weird and that sucks. Yeah, but that's, that's the metaverse, right? Like, he keeps pushing the metaverse and that and is that all affected awkward nonsense. Everything. That affected everything because Facebook is ultimately an advertising company. And if people want to sell stuff with you and you think you're Robert Downey Jr., but you're not, people will not want to sell their stuff with you. none of them are. Like, Steve Jobs wasn't even. Steve Jobs had had an appeal to him. Way more charismatic than Zuckerberg, but, like, was not (laughs) Tony Stark. No, he, but he was there before Tony Stark, which is the, the difference. He did his thing, and then Marvel pitched that. What if Steve Jobs was even more cool? And Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> has been like, what, what, if, what if it's way less cool? <laughs> how, how about that? And that cost them like almost a billion dollars. Eh, I don't know. I think that Facebook is losing the money because people are so many people are kind of like disconnecting and signing off and and whatever else like that because people don't do uncool stuff with their time huh Mm -hmm. yeah but don't do uncool stuff with their time i think the metaverse is absolutely going to fail i think the oculus as a platform can still exist because it's like it's hardware like if you have the best hardware you're that's where people are playing all of their vr games is on the oculus the metaverse as a dumb like as a weird Universe, I was like, you're not, that's not where VR's at yet. That's not what anybody wants. They want to play Call of Duty in VR. They don't want to sit around and wave to each other Uh, and own virtual real estate. And for playing Call of Duty, it's where it's at. And, and you're, you're underappreciating the cool factor. You, 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 do you have an iPhone? No. Would you ever have an iPhone? No. Do they sell a lot of iPhones? They do, but way less once they once that like once once people caught up to them in the tech, they they now sell way less iPhones. That's what I'm saying. Is they, that like people? That's people not pass true at all. They're, people pass they them in the tech. Le- they, they went. People they went from ninety like percent of market share. Yeah. In in, yeah, but... in the last year, iPhones are now the majority of phones sold in North America. That wasn't true for the last twenty years. And when we're talking oh, about yeah, like, that was Apple, that, was, that was because Huawei became illegal to sell. Yeah, but it, it's I not about the tech. That big of a... It's not about the tech. It's people want the thing that's cool. People want the thing that everybody else has. Yeah. It's 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 great that there are stronger phones out there. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Okay, but like so worldwide, Apple shipped two hundred and thirty-five million iPhones. Android oh. manufacturers shipped over a billion. Right, like okay, but hold on. The number I said was in North America. The majority of phones that people own are now iPhones. North America. I don't. I don't think. I don't. How many? How many iPhones did Apple sell? Two hundred and fifty million. Are are they the technological leaders? Man, they're 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 pretty much par. Like the cameras and stuff are all very very on par. Do you personally think people could get a better phone for the same price? I mean, that's definitely true. Right. Yeah. Why, why do 250 million people still buy the iPhone 14? Because that's my they're, point. Like I said, they're, 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 but I'm saying, but I feel it. I, I think, but you're, but you're making the point that I think 
Zuckerberg is banking on, which is if I'm first to market with VR, everybody's just going to default to buying an Oculus for all their okay. VR needs. And that's an answer then. that's the tech answer. Zuckerberg sucks, but if it's the best tech, who cares if Zuckerberg no, sucks? No, it, it wasn't a first to market thing. It was a marketing thing. And No, it was Apple. absolutely first to market. I worked in wireless. There was only one smartphone and it was the OG iPhone. That and was people the only wanted thing. It not because it was it was great. They wanted it because fucking iPads were cool and iPods were cool and was the iMacs were cool. iPods didn't and... exist. Well, no, iPods existed yet, but iPads didn't did not exist yet. IPods iMacs are cool like... and people bought them. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But for at least for the iPhone, I can guarantee you it, that was a tech answer. It was it was the first smartphone that was like genuinely the smartphone, and then it like iPhone became their bread and butter for the last twenty years or whatever. As a result. It it didn't catch on because people thought the tech was so advanced. It absolutely did, dude. I was on those calls. People were like, "Does it do the what thing, the iPhone?" The thing, like the, everybody calls, "Does it do though. what the iPhone does?" And you're like, "No, it doesn't." And they're like, "Well, that's why I want the iPhone because the iPhone does all those things. It's this big. It has a touchscreen. The camera's better. All that stuff. It was right, light but that years didn't ahead. Last that long. Hmm. That didn't last that long, right? There were other there were Android phones came out after that were like. It hung for a while, dude. Like, honestly. And and again, like I said, that that was literally the time where I was working at the telco. It was like, it took a while for them to catch up. And like we're saying, like a good like four or five years before the Androids really like hung with the iPhone. But then you have a four or five year head start where it's like, you're the Kleenex. (laughs) You know, like where it's like, well, I'm just going to get an iPhone. You've also, because you're Apple, built that infrastructure and your iPhone transfers one to the other. Now it's a pain for you (laughs) to get to switch over to, uh, to Android. Exactly. Yep. Like, you're not alone. Like, uh, I, I have a couple of friends who are like, I know there's better products, but my Apple ecosystem is strong, so I'm just going to hang out here with Apple. Exactly. And, and that that's what a four or five year like lead to market on tech will do. Is yeah, you're gonna but it's have not a lot just of people that, that, man. I don't it's, know, dude. It's the, that's a big the, part of it. It's the feist commercials. It's the jet, are you going to be my girl, dancing shadows commercials. It, it was a cooler product than than the Google phones or the Huawei phones or the Samsung yeah, Galaxy. Like I said, they, they absolutely knew how to market themselves, but that's what and, I'm saying is that I'm saying Mark Zuckerberg with... doesn't. He has yeah, no but... idea how to market himself. But he, if okay, built... okay. He, yeah, if he built it cool enough, all that wouldn't matter. And, have and, like a, and, cool, and at least but... in, the, in the VR space, that's like, ignore metaverse. Ignore the metaverse. That's a silly, dumb thing. In VR, if you want to play Call of Duty in VR, you want to run it on an Oculus, as, as every VR gamer has told me. They were like, that's where you want to be. So then you don't yeah, necessarily but not need... not as every gamer has told you. So okay. many other gamers would be like, a helmet? Ugh. From the Zuckerberg no, I said every, guy? Every, v, every VR gamer. That's like I said. If VR is going to like take off their position. Every IT tech in, in 1999 really wanted to get an iPod. Yeah, of course they did. But other people didn't. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That if they're gonna crack VR, like, and and again, there's a bunch of companies that think they are. Sony's going into it again, even though they didn't make money on their first VR. Sony's going into it again. People think there's gonna be a lot of money to be made in VR. Yeah, like not. And not I'm saying dumb the winner companies. is gonna be the one who makes it cool. The winner is gonna be the one who makes the Tesla. No, the winner is gonna be whoever has the best game, and that that. <laughs> 
It's true, and that, that has nothing to do with how cool the hardware is. The, the winner is going to be who has no, the best not, exclusive not just the hardware. That's literally the, how the hardware experience. video game sales works. The experience. The winner is going to exactly. be Exactly. And Oculus right experience. now is the best experience. It's the wireless experience. It's lighter. It's more ergonomic. It's the lighter headset. All of that stuff, everybody's like, doing VR with a non-Oculus headset is you're a dummy, and it's not as good. But period. people, aren't, people who, who don't have them aren't going out to buy them now. Because no one's selling them. Because no one well, trusts Mark Zuckerberg to give them the cool experience. I think plenty of people are buying them. It's just that it's still... Cost of entry, I'd say, is probably the biggest reason people are not getting them. They're still stupid expensive. I mean, so are like Teslas, that... but people are buying them because they want them for the, the, the cool. They're, there's no dude who bought a Tesla to pick up girls is going to be like, and then you can come back to my place and check out my headset. I play Madden on it. Like, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. The girl is going to be like, man, I watch... doesn't go to movie theaters. Anywho, Meta lost a whole lot of money in the last, uh, yeah. last year. I wonder how, I, how Oculus I think it's a cult did, of personality. It's a personality thing. How I think did, if he would have paid Robert Downey Jr. to do that, that Metaverse press conference... I don't think he loses $800 million. I think if he would have ponied up $5 million to get Robert Downey Jr. to give that exact same press conference, the bottom lines would have been drastically different for the last six months. I mean, it's a, it's a year's worth of losses, so it's a bigger problem than that. But I don't, you might actually not be wrong that there's a huge image. He has like a huge image problem. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. But you might not be wrong that like the fix would be just having somebody else become the face for a while. So, in huh. Q3, I wonder, he, 20... I wonder if he could get away with that. I mean, you can't find Apple did. 2022. So in Q, Jobs in Q3, died, 2020, and Tim Cook took over, and he he's not the face of that stuff. He doesn't do those weird, big marketing pushes. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Taking a look at it, like so, like the Quest did 250 million dollars of sales in Q3 and 750 million dollars of Q3 of Q3 2020, 750 million dollars of Q3 2021. They haven't done their 2022 Q3, but they tripled their Quest money in one year from like quarter to quarter. Right, that... but spend on on the metaverse has been over 10 billion dollars a year for yeah, the last exactly. seven years metaverse or something. It's like, well, this is a part of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, the one thing he should not do, though, is not get Kanye West to be his spokesperson. Because if you're talking about losing lots of your personal fortune. Yeah, he's had a pretty bad couple of weeks. I, I, I read $2 billion. Is that possible? Did he have $2 billion? In, in dollars and Probably. deals. Right, in deals. Endorsement yeah. deals, yeah. That's it. I also love that. Okay, so if, to, to catch listeners up, Kanye said, I'm going to bed now, but when I wake up, I'm coming for the Jews. And then logged oh. off of Twitter. <laughs> Something like along no, those no. lines. And you're like, he, what? He said, I'm going to DeathCon 3. Not Death yeah, I'm Con. going to Death, D-E-A-T-H. I'm going to DeathCon 3 on the Jews. <laughs> but like, logs off. Wakes up the next morning and is just sort of like, what do you mean I can't sell my Adidas shoes? <laughs> he went on to kind of clarify that, like, He's really talking about the liberal media, but like he just chose to go with Jewish people oh, instead right. of instead of saying like if he had just said liberal media, he, like Fox News would have been like, look at brave Kanye West and like and blah 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 blah. Like, but no, like you 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 singled out like Jewish people. 
Why? How is Kanye West allowed to have a direct line to tweet anything? I mean, you know, you know why. Yeah, I know, but just like, how is the company of Kanye West? I mean, like, how is Kanye West TM allowed to like Kanye West it's, the man? What are you talking about? It's on brand, yo. He did, spends. Did, how, did you hear his apology? No, That's not what I meant. And uh, I love the Jewish people. I just feel like George Floyd here with with uh, the the weight of the the media on my neck. It's cost me millions of dollars. Oh, <laughs> People no. were just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> how how could your apology make it worse?" What a, what a guy! He, he com he compared the public backlash to his anti-Semitic comments to being exactly like George Floyd getting murdered by a police officer. Do you remember we're, when, we're um, what, what was her name? The singer who had uh, crazy drug problems. Britney Spears. Had, I don't want to go to rehab. No, no, no. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. There, the, you know, like uh, like six months before the end, a year before the end, there was like a video that did the rounds of her doing a line of blow, uh, like, while on stage because she needed a little pick-me-up in between songs. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, the quotes underneath it were all like, yep. Boy, she's in a rough place. You know, everybody just kind of like, you know, here it goes. Well, here's another incredibly famous, wealthy person in a in like a publicly, tragically terrible mental mental state. And for by all accounts, has been spiraling for a while, right? Like, yeah. like I mean, like we talked about yeah. like this with the 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 Pete Davidson thing, where like when Pete Davidson was like, dude, I I am an advocate of mental illness. Like I I am. I have a lot Take of Take care of yourself. <laughs> you know, like, like, like I, I, I have a bunch of mental illnesses and therapy is a real thing. And it, like, I, you know, like, can I can see what's happening here and come on. Like, I know you don't want to hear it from me, you know? And then, yeah. like, Kim Kardashian broke up with Pete Davidson and he's not spiraling, at least publicly. He's probably spiraling privately. But... Eh. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's yeah. he's not going and, and throwing anti-Semitic tweets up on the internet. Did you hear that he just went to Skechers headquarters and was like, yeah. was "Give me a shoe entry. deal." Yeah. Can you imagine how bad an image you have to be to have like one of the best-selling shoe designers of the last decade knock on your door and you're just like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> and your Skechers. And your Skechers, right? Like you're, the, like, you're like the the bottom toe, like the bottom of the name brand shoe totem pole, right? Yeah. Like, like I don't think of any, like, na like, still a name brand, so, you know, it's not like, like, no name brand. But on the totem pole of shoes, Skechers is right at the bottom, I think. What, what's below them? New Balance? I mean... Personally, yes, because New Balance are crazy MAGA company, but <laughs> there's MAGA shoes. New well, New Balance I mean, there's, is there's, there's just companies run by MAGA people, like my pillow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, during the Colin Kaepernick stuff, people got mad at Nike and uh New Balance came out and was just like, Yeah, well we'll never do that because we're we're good Americans. Fuck we'll that company. Force our athletes to wear shoes and fire the ones that don't stand up our our, our sponsors always stand up during the national anthem no matter how many people get killed you in fact new balance have a proprietary technology in them that prevents kneeling while the national anthem is played 
Shitbird Company. Uh, I watched so some horror stuff. I watched I the new Slumber Party Massacre. Ooh. And I want to talk about it <laughs> because I don't think I've seen a movie go from a more promising first and second act to like a shittier third act. So, so first of all, Summer Party Massacre comes from a long line of it's like one of the only slashers that like came out of the the high slasher heyday of the '80s that I think was like written and directed by a woman, and also like very quickly the women in the Slumber Party Massacre like switch to be to become capable fighting back at the killer as opposed to just like just murder girls and whatever else. Right. So that that. It has, like, that lineage to kind of build on. And, like, and that stuck through into Slumber Party Massacre 2, 3, 4, whatever. Like, that was always kind of the thing, which is the girls are way more capable than you expect them to be. And then it becomes more of, like, a cat and mouse with the mouse fighting back. Like, the the, the driller killer is still kind of an unstoppable killing machine. But, like, they're making plans, trying to trap them, trying to do whatever. Like, it's that's, that's kind of their thing. So Do they win at the end of every movie? Ish, yeah. Like some of them, some of some of them get out. Sometimes it's the final girl. Sometimes I think like in the third one, uh, like multiple of them stop him and like whatever. Like they, they <clears throat> sometimes it goes down to one. But like even even when they die, they're like they die on their feet fighting, not just like running through the woods. Sure, usually. sure, sure, sure. Anyway, so this new one, Summer Party Massacre, came out last year, twenty twenty one, and uh, it's starts off kind of again sort of like playing with the trope like it's a bunch of girls going on a road trip and they have a problem with their car and like whatever else and they're just like having a pillow fight and then they're revealed in the first act to be like someone comes in and they're like and they all like grab their weapon so it's like they were acting like bimbos and ditzes to lure the driller killer out mm-hmm. right so like that that's your like your your first act kind of kind of twist, twist. You're like oh okay, okay. and then in the second like then in the second act it's sort of it's like the killer's now like loose and there's another, like, uh, camp house or whatever, like, full of guys having a slumber party. Or, like, having, like, a bros weekend. And it's it's amazing. They're so, like, instead of having a pillow fight, they're just there being like, I bet you can't rip this pillow in half with your bare arms. They're like, I bet you I could. And they're like, Hurr! And they're all, like, flexing. And then one of them's like, and rips it and, like, feathers go all slow-mo. And the guys are like, yeah! And just, like, punching as they all dance around as feathers are, like, descending. Also, two of them are named Guy, so they're just referred to in the film as Guy 1 and Guy 2, which is, like, amazing, because that was just, like, you know, girl 1, girl 2, you're just there to die. Also, uh, what was there's also the best line in a while, which is they were like, Guy 2 is dead, and they were like, any amount of dead is too dead. <laughs> Anyway, and so like all of this is like it's great. I'm like this is this is everything is topsy turvy. You're playing with absolutely everything in the slasher like genre, whatever. And then in the third act, it's just like anyway, it's a regular horror film, and some people are going to live and some people are going to die. And here's the driller killer. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh neat. I was like, what the hell? I was like, I was like so excited by everything that the movie was doing that the then the third act just plays it like straight slasher. I was like, guys, what? Tragic. I was like, why'd you, why'd you do it, makers of Slumber Party Massacre 2021? It was a. We should make a list of those. Like, The Matrix 4. So much promise at the start. Meta weird shit. I'm excited to see where this goes. Oops, played it straight. Boring yep. ass. Yep. By the yep. numbers, finish. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They they jump like hmm. uh, Matrix Four. I think jump 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 the shark after the first act. Like, sure, true. <laughs> I would say Th- this had like you said even a promising second. Like when they raised the stakes and stuff, they were still having all kinds of fun. Also, oh yeah, like at one point the guy is just sort of like, "Ew, my shirt stinks." I need to take a shower and just pulls his shirt off. <laughs> like immediately they're like on the front deck. And then there's just like a slow-mo shower scene of the guy for no reason. Are you sure this was a horror movie, Keith? It sounds like maybe <laughs> you're on a different part of the internet. Then they shot a drill through his chest, guys. It's just it was fun. Like you don't see it with like, you know, like like that is like the trope is it's the ladies. And then it was just boring in the third act. So I was like, damn you. Damn you all to hell! Uh, what'd you watch, John? John? Yeah. Okay. So this is this is actual must-see original content from Shutter.com. Mm-hmm. Shutter.com horror guys. Yep. They did a TV show called "The 101 Best Moments of Horror Cinema." I've heard of this. It's fucking dope. It's so like every episode or whatever is like 30 to 40 minutes of people talking about like a special moment from a horror movie. I'm sure like. The, the like guys at Shutter or you know spent all the time figuring out the list. I haven't gotten to the end of it yet, so I don't know if their like top ten is is uh, worthy or not. But I'm assuming mm-hmm. they put a ton of work into it. But the like three or four episodes that I've watched have been like honestly really really entertaining. People talking about like the history of that of that shot or like comparing it to other movies at the time that were doing similar scares or similar special effects. Like why is this one really memorable or really amazing? And it also acts as, like, a recommendation engine for, like, old-timey horror movies that, like, you know, you're not going to see every old Dracula movie, but, you know, you probably should check out the Christopher Lee one, you know? It mm-hmm. comes up on the list and and whatever. Uh, totally worth the, like, four bucks or whatever for one month of Shudder. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. I watched Christopher Lee's horror documentary series that's uh, on Prime now, and... Huh. He's got like twelve episodes of talking about like these moments in in horror, except the first episode's on Dracula, so like very, very hey, Christopher Dracula? Lee. No, just on Dracula in in cinema. So it's a lot of Bella yeah. Lugosi and then a lot of Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode is on vampires, and it's a lot of Christopher Lee again. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the movie I did without being Dracula. I'm playing this other vampire. I'm like, I just saw this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's some, like another one of like, the next episode I think is Undead Creatures. So it's like a mix of zombies. More vampires. vampires. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> hmm. And then so I watched Chris 101, 101 Best Dracula. Moments of Horror Cinema without looking yeah. them up. I was just like, I was just like in my brain. Was think- put your, thinking put your of arms in the, the thing. What? The, the doctor doing the autopsy gets his arms chopped off in the thing. And they get an actor that, who has no arms. 10? Yes. It, or the... I mean, because... Oh, so here's the thing. Like, the, that was like the, a, str- a strong... The arms coming out of the head and crawling away, and the actor goes, oh, fuck me. And up there. the only other one I can contend I with is Alien. No, see, dude, you're not... Table. To me, to me number, number, number one and number two are... Almost invariably, Jaws pops out of the water, and here's Johnny with Jack Nicholson smashing through it. Those are like, those are the I think top two moments in horror cinema history. Like if you're I, again, I, I think the chestburster is going to be on. Chestburster's up there. Like chestbursters yeah. may maybe rounding out the top three, but I was like, I don't think like here's Johnny might be number one. 
Like that mm. that is like if you're taking iconic shot that's also like like you know like you're like you can flash it for a split second and you know everything about like that shot and what's mm-hmm. happening and everything else. I don't know. It's if it's not number 1 it's a strong top 10 and Jaws popping out of the water is that like that's nuts. Pretty like, iconic. Yeah. You weren't supposed to help her. The yeah. end of the ring. I feel like it's not going to make the top, but I, I think that's in a top ten yeah. contention. Ch- Ch- Chessburzer from Aliens is is way up there. It's one uh, of the two from the thing. Either the arms get chopped off, or the head turns the out up sure. around that legs grow out of the head. And the... Le- Leatherface s- spinning around in the sun in the sunrise at the end of Texas, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like when he when he's just there screaming, and as as the sun comes up, and he's just like screaming and spinning the chainsaw. The stabbing in the shower scene, the 127 cuts in um, uh, Psycho. Yeah. Psycho, Psycho's got to be in there. There's like, got to be that. I'm sure that, that shower scene is that. Better. That's also a strong, strong top ten. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if things gonna break the top ten, buddy. I know it's your guy. I know it's your guy. People love that to. scene. I I love that movie, but people love that scene. That that's not a. Hitchcock anyway, might have I'm multiple. excited to Hitchcock get might be the yeah. Beatles up there. I'm just saying, like, also, what's her face in the in the phone booth getting smashed in by the birds? Yep, is like again, like pure, like you just have that scene and everybody knows that scene, and it's, it's freaking Hitchcock. I'm trying to think of if there's anything else from Carpenter that I would go. Oh, with, though, I, like. I got it. I got it. The shadow across the chest and Nosferatu, Clench, mm. clenching the heart. That's good. That's gonna be up there. Uh, Do you think Jay- of something from the other Jay- Dracula with um, uh, Gary Oldman? A single scene? A single scene that like encompasses that film because it was a very visually striking film. Yeah, but not really. I don't think there's a single standout scene. No, but like a single scene where you're just sort of like like I other than just like Gary Oldman existing as Dracula, like it's <laughs> yeah. Like, you know I what I mean? Like a scene like, either. Like it's more like a symphony. I'm trying to pick out a couple notes. Yeah. Okay. Freddy's is um, probably the upside the down. The, oh, like yeah, the, the bathtub. The, the, the bathtub. The, no, well, the bathtub bath between be the legs? Bathtub. No, but through the bed yeah. with the upside down when the blood flows out of the bed backwards into the no, ceiling the or whatever. Bathtub. I think that's a... I know the bathtub, but I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, in terms of, like... I've also seen, like, making a featurettes, like, how they did it, like, building the upside down room and all that stuff and like blah 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 like, like that was a a more interesting shot to achieve than like no his hand comes between her legs hey. anything from Hellraiser man have you Does seen it... the first Hellraiser that movie is is dumb looking it's slow the <laughs> guy getting ripped apart is that in the first one where like the hooks are just like yeah like that it's not a great effect they did alright but it was it was a low budget does Jason get any? Again, out of like, the I don't boat. Know if anything. The very Jason end. jumping out of the water. Jason jumping out end. of the water is like, like come in, like that's kind oh, of. Oh, oh, the end of Sleepaway Camp. Whoo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. End of Sleepaway tell me, Camp. tell me that is not <laughs> somewhat <laughs> peak cinema. I mean, if you've already gone through like the top sixty and it's not there, I don't have high hopes for it. I don't know. Anyway. Did not age well. That <laughs> I actually I was making the argument the other day that I was like it ages better than you would expect. Like it's like it does absolutely sort of like 
like, yes, it is a trans person who ends up murdering everybody, and that that's mm-hmm. kind of weird, but, like, the the character is still somewhat, like, sympathetic and is a product of abuse and, like, whatever. And it's like, you kind of get the impression that she is, like, not a murderer because she is trans, but, like, she is a murderer because she was, came from an insane fucking household of abuse and, like, all this and that, like... Yeah, so, the blame is squarely on the mom. Yeah, I exactly. Think. That's it. Like, yeah. like they, yeah. they created a monster, so it's not necessarily a weird vilifying of a trans person. I think that a lot of people, at surface level, think Sleepaway Camp is. Mm-hmm. Ooh, scenes in a movie. Was this the 90s? Hang on, I, mm-hmm. I, I want to think about this some more. Something from Saw. Dun, dun, dun. Like that Saw, waking well, up. Or the, Saw, I would say, I'd say the waking up, like when like, the, the lights flicker, like the okay. and they're both just like chained there across the across the way. Yeah, Halloween. Where, where does Halloween? Like again, Halloween and Halloween and Jason are tough because they're just so omnipresent and like they all kind of bleed into each other and they're just dudes in jumpsuits. And they're not something scary from scary so much as they are jumpy. Something from Scream is the telephone scene for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your uh, favorite what's your scary favorite movie? Scary movie, like, a hundred percent. And and also like, you can also as parodied ad nauseum, right? Like that's the that's the other thing too. Is it's a, like you're when you're when a song is big enough that Weird Al wants to cover it. It's, that's <laughs> like you know you made it big, and that's the same thing with Scream. Like when a scene in a movie is copied and enters the zeitgeist so fully. Got to be that. That actually is a, is like a contender for a top five. If you're looking at like influential moments, big, memorable, like it would be a, it would be like an oddball pick. But I think it it, it had an right effect. It hit the right? it, yeah, How, it went everywhere. What is it? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, but that, that's that that's where the like I said that's where here's Johnny comes in. Like mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and that's also where Chessburster definitely comes in. Mm-hmm. Like you see the chestburster. There's a Bugs like, Bunny riff on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Spaceballs, right? The Star yeah, Wars yeah, exactly. riffs on it. Hello, yeah. my lady. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. It's great. Space Check, please. <laughs> Check, please. Those spaceballs. <laughs> uh, right, well, this is heading deeply into garbage talk. We, uh, yeah, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Before like, we finish this episode, uh, I think I'm due a movie. You are due a movie. We have one. I, I have one loaded. Do it. Pull the trigger. Okay, we will pull the trigger. This movie oh, looks geez. so bad. Give me. Let me just. And let me, that's ninety S. Everybody. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, let Let me. Uh, let, let me pull up some facts so we we, we can. I swear to God, if you start yes, saying yes. starring Matt Damon, <laughs> be real mad. It's a two thousand eight American film. Uh, <laughs> Jason Bourne. Wait, no, that's already on the list. I've seen that. It's bad. It, it opened at number one. Ooh. Um, despite receiving extremely negative reviews and appearing on several lists of the worst films ever made, it was a box office success, grossing $84 million on a budget of $30 million. Uh, 2008. 2008. Is it starring Mariah Carey? Close. Carmen Damn. Electra. Oof. Carmen Electra is in this film. Okay, Kevin Sorbo is in this film. Kevin Sorbo. 
Yes. A large number of celebrities are impersonated in this film. Is it a comedy? It most certainly is. <laughs> I mean... I mean, as much it is, as a it is, a, like it is a tempting to be. Yeah, yeah, right. they're working on it. They're trying. And I do not like Kevin Sorbo. He's. Oh, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> um, Kim Kardashian's in it. One of the Kardashians is in it. But maybe is, that might be an impersonator, right? Oh, There's a oh, lot of celebrity impersonators. <clears throat> like, for instance, impersonations include. Uh, Brad Pitt is impersonated. Angelina Jolie is impersonated. Um, Randy Jackson is impersonated. Ryan Seacrest is impersonated. Tom Cruise is impersonated. Seacrest out. Uh, uh, is this a a parody movie? Oh, like a silly movie yeah, kind of thing. Donald yeah. Trump and George W. Bush are impersonated. <laughs> Oh no! I think he. I think he kind of has it off of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to so, remember all the names. Uh, of exactly. It, it, it is from the makers of. Uh, so so it, this is not. It is from the makers of scary movie, date movie, epic movie, superhero movie. So it, it is this not is their latter day sins. Yeah, yeah. It is not. Yeah. It is not a superhero film. It is based on the main. The main source of parody. Is a comic book, however. So it's right <laughs> up your alley. That, that's yeah, that's my bread and butter there. But it's it's not uh, a comic book movie though. It it is making fun of a comic book movie. Its main its main source of parody is making fun of a comic book movie. That is not a superhero film. Go on. Give me it was the directed by uh, the guy who did Batman v Superman. Um, Zack Snyder. Zack, Zack Snyder. Snyder. Yeah. Well, this 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 film was not directed by Zack Snyder. This film no, parodies no, 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 the no, film but that the, was. But the, it yeah. was a parody of the film directed by Zack Snyder. All right. The movie Just was tell me the title. I'm not going to be able to pull it. All right, out. right. It's Meet, Meet, Meet the Spartans. Oh, what is the plot of this movie? The par the parody. It's, it's a parody of 300. 300. Um. Let me describe oh, the first scene to you, okay? I'm, I'm looking at the, the cast now. Yeah. <laughs> Method Man is in it? <laughs> so That's... the first scene that John and I watched on YouTube involves a Spartan elder inspecting three babies. The first is an ugly-talking baby ogre. Shrek uh, is abandoned to die because of its deformity. Uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina show up and adopt the second one because he's Vietnamese. And they're like, if the baby is Vietnamese, he gets adopted by Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Hot comedy. And the third is Leonidas. Oof. Get ready for that. <laughs> Think about the fact that in 2008 they had to hire a Lindsay Lohan impersonator. Like, what was Lindsay Lohan's rate <laughs> in 2008? That they couldn't get actual Lindsay Lohan. I mean, she probably just didn't want to be attached to this. Like, they were already down in the dumps, these guys. It's not that they were ever January 25th, 2008. I can't believe it. Like, almost tripled its money. See? Yeah, see, films get made. Take that, Matt Damon. 
He's <laughs> there complaining about his candelabras. <laughs> they just didn't have the guts. They didn't have the guts to make meet the Spartans. Exactly. Oh my god. There's a yo mama fight in this film. Wow, wow, wow. I look forward right. to hearing about this. Anyway, so what I think, though, is a fitting adaptation of the works of Frank Miller. It's what. I mean, Perhaps. it's fine, Kevin Sorbo, and those two guys are on the same page. You know? Uh, this was the 9 to 5 Entertainment. Damn you. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.